Hi, I'm Sean Cleary for Cleary Building Corp. Since 1978, you have allowed us to protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com today to see the Cleary difference. Nobody's going to sit next to me. And she gives them the rules before they come up. Don't talk to him during the game. You help yourself. This is where the food is back here. Beverage is here. You help yourself to that. You can talk to him between quarters or at halftime, but don't try to carry on a conversation during the game. He watches the game. You're listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words, a production of iHeartRadio. This is Matt LePay. We want to thank our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the Shamrock Supply. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore our buildings. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour. The only way is through. Barry Alvarez, in his own words, we have titled this podcast Reflections. This is the final in our series going down memory lane. We will have podcasts to come, though, with with Barry as we uh, get closer and closer to the start of the college football season because uh, there will be a lot to talk about. Barry, let, let's go back to your, your transition because you were actually a coach and AD at the same time, but when after you stepped down from from being a head coach in, in two, after the 2005 season and becoming the athletics director, take us through that transition yeah. and what it was like for you not being on the sideline after all those years. Well, actually, you know, the transition it was it was a pretty easy transition because when John Wiley asked me what was going on, if you remember, we were in the process of building our our suites. In, in Buckingham football offices, that whole, this whole thing that we're where we're sitting right now, was under construction. And after 9/11, we stopped, and we needed a major donor to step up. And we needed we were minus money for it and fundraising. So John Wiley came to me and says, you know, Pat's retiring. People that were talking to. Uh, about stepping up and, and, and getting involved financially, they want to know the leadership of the program. Yeah. Um, would you take it? And, you know, we had several discussions, um, and, and that's how that transition worked. But prior to that, I was on the senior staff. Um, Pat knew what my plan – I told Pat in my first interview that – he said, what are your visions? Where do you want to do? I said, I want to stay here. I want to build it, sustain it. When you step down – I want to take over as the AD. So uh, I, I, I'd been on senior staff. I'd been going to s- senior staff meetings. I knew what was going on within the administration. And so it was a, it was a pretty easy transition. And, and I had some good people. Um, the, the first thing I did, I, I had to find a deputy, somebody that I could trust that would do a good job with me with football because I told John I, would, I, I, can't, I will not cheat football. 
so I needed somebody that that was strong and Jamie wanted to stay here Jamie had Jamie Pollard Jamie Pollard uh, you know had some kids with some health issues mm-hmm. uh, he didn't want to leave the help that he had here etc cetera, etc cetera. and so he was perfect as a deputy and and somebody that I could I could rely on he, he since has gone and done a great job at Iowa State but with Jamie at the de- as deputy you know he's running day to day I'd come down I'd meet with him daily I'd come down and have a senior staff meeting once a week and go, and, and go around the horn and see whatever you know, what was going on within the camp on uh, in different areas and then you know I had people with me and I thought it was important that I had loyal people you know John Chatham had been been my ops person since the day I took the job I knew he could come in and handle facilities and and so I made him a deputy Steve Malchow it was one of those two guys were young uh, assistants back at Iowa right out of college and that's how I knew him and brought him here because they were both sm- smart they were loyal and they had done a good job and then and Cheryl Merrill was the senior women's administrator and I know over the years Cheryl got a little heat mm-hmm. uh, but Cheryl was a tough tough administrator and really a good administrator I, I, I really respected her and she she could make a tough decision um, so you know, I was able to get loyal people, guys that I trusted, guys that knew how I operated, a veteran in, in Cheryl and an up-and-coming administrator in Jamie to help me establish my footing and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to run the program. And uh, so that was, you know, that was pretty – it was a pretty easy transition, mm-hmm. you know, and I had a great relationship with the coaches. and. And, and so from there on, it, it was pretty easy. Yeah, we, were talk, we talk about the coaching tree a lot. The administration tree is not half bad here either, no, we, <laughs> through the years. We've had a lot of guys go on and get AD jobs out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. What was it like, and I, I know the answer, but I think people will get a kick out of this if they don't, those first few games, or how long did it take for you to relax a little bit? I'm, I'm going to say just a little bit, watching a game, because you're going to look at it with a different pair of eyes than the overwhelming majority of the rest of us. Uh, it w- would have been in Cleveland, right? Brett's first game yeah, yeah. Um, against Bowling Green. What was that like for you? That was hard. <laughs> now, that was really hard. Uh, it just, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in the game now. I Those are my guys he's playing with, <laughs> and I'm in the game. I'm screaming and yelling, and, and I can remember finally Cindy grabbed me. She said, you, you can't be like this in the box. I was scaring people. You know, I'm yelling at officials. I'm just like I'm in the middle of the game down on the field. You know, and I'm, my language sometimes isn't real good. And, and so I'm offending people. I'm, I know it's got to be miserable for somebody watching the game in there with me. So I, I've learned to tone down a little. Not a little, a lot. It's important for people to know when you're watching a game at Camp Randall uh, in a suite or wherever in a suite that everybody else in the suite kind of knows the drill because you want to watch. To this day, it's about watching the game. It's not just visit, how you doing, game's on, the game's on, right? Yeah, this, you know, we have a routine and, you know, we have different guests. We have family in there. You know, my daughter Dawn is, you know, she's had ever since – since those days, you know, we've had, I think, it, I mean, this is probably our 10th year, 10th year in a row where we've had, I've had a grandson mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. Right. So she's been in those, in those seats a long time. But sometimes we'll auction off two seats. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you may have two sets of auction people in there. They don't know the rules. They think they're going to come in there and shoot the breeze with me during the game. <laughs> 
So I normally go down on the field beforehand, wish Paul good luck, and I have to make a swing, I, you know, make a couple presentations or whatever. But in the meantime, as they come, Cindy's up. Cindy has it blocked off where I sit, and the, who's going to sit next to me, or nobody's going to sit next to me. And she gives them the rules before they come up. Don't talk to him during the game. <laughs> you help yourself. This is where the food is back here, beverages here. You help yourself to that. You can talk to him between quarters or at halftime, but don't try to carry on a conversation during the game. He watches the game. You, you mentioned the the grand the grandsons Joe and and, and Jake. Obviously, he was getting ready for his. Uh, his next season here with the Badgers, and both really good. Jake's one of the best tight ends in this league, and, and I think one of the better ones in the country. And Joe carved a niche. Yeah, right? he did. He did. He did. Joe, you know, Joe walked on, um, and and right out of the shoot. Now as a true freshman, he's there. If they the team goes to two tight ends, I can remember he the opening kickoff against LSU his freshman year, he tackled. Fournette, mm-hmm. you know, somebody yeah. know it. And then they'd put him in. If the two tight ends came in, he's he's our replacement safety. He didn't know how to take on a fullback. They'd run isolation right at him. He's probably 195 pounds. He didn't know. <laughs> I said, I told him after the game, that ever happens again. You get as deep as you can in that backfield. You hit him, go right at his knees, knock him down, <laughs> knock his feet out at, at the running back. But he'd go in and give him his chest and, and open it up a little bit. But he played a lot. Of, he played on all special teams. He played, you know. So he played a lot as a as a true freshman. Earned a scholarship after that year, and uh, I remember his first start. Uh, I remember calling his his father and telling him, you know, you better put that game on. I just saw uh, the safety was injured. He's he's on the sidelines with yeah, no pads yeah. on. I said, yeah. Joe's starting. Yeah. And he, I think he had two interceptions that game and a couple of fumbles. He had four, mm-hmm. four turnovers in that game, and it was, a, it was a tight game at Indiana. 99 yards to the end zone 99. against Utah State. Take us through what that moment was like in the suite. Yeah. <laughs> well, Art, you can imagine what my suite was like. You know, I tell people his mother lost his voice. But Jimmy, <laughs> I heard Jimmy Leonard t- timed it. It was 14 seconds right. from start to finish. Um, he had a broken hand, so he had a cast on one hand. I had a hard time holding the ball, but by the time he went from the goal line to goal line, his mother was hoarse, and his grandmother pulled a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> Great, but they had a lot of fun with it, though, right? Oh, you we had a team blast. meeting, and all it was. No, nah, that was that was yeah. good. No, that was good. Barry, the, obviously, so much um, is changing as we speak in the world of college athletics, and and again, I can't. Even I can only try to imagine what your final year was like uh, in the in, in the COVID world. Can you put some perspective on it, even from '05 to where we are now? The way things are changing in college well, athletics, it's all changing. And, I, and the COVID year was brutal for everyone. It was really hard on teams. Very difficult for coaches because everything you do is changing. You have to be creative. How you meet, you couldn't, you know, you met virtually. Mm-hmm. No team meetings. The team meetings were virtual. Uh, you had to be careful with your contact with, with other assistant coaches. How you practiced, you know, in groups. It, it, you know, just everything was different than what you've always been accustomed to. And, you know, your players, you're, you're asking them to, you know, they go in to get something to eat. They're wearing masks. They point at what they want. There's a, you know, the plastic between them and the servers. They put it in a bag, 
hand them the bag, they leave. They can't even eat with their teammates. They go right. back to their to wherever they live and, and eat their lunch and dinner. And uh, so everything changed. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't go out. You couldn't do things socially. It, it was hard on everyone. And then as an administrator, every day we would, at 7 a.m., we would start AD meetings, Zoom meetings with the Big Ten and athletic directors. And it seemed like every day or at least every week we'd have different changes. We'd find out more and more about COVID and more and more about testing and more and more about contact tracing. You know, new things are coming out. And then there was a heart issue. And so it seemed like it, it was a constant change. And then we decided, you know, at one point I'm thinking, how can you play football with contact tracing in football? You're in mm -hmm. huddles. You're tackling people. Linemen are in piles. Um, I, I, just it's impossible. Right. And then all of a sudden, we have someone here on campus that's got a test. You can get it back within an hour. In Illinois, even they've, they've got some research that's even further along than ours. So now that's ooh. Now we're talking about maybe a game changer here. Mm -hmm. We can have a clean practice field and, and a clean game. So now you you have some hope that maybe you can play. But that, that went on and on and on. And then when we delayed it, so you have one committee. It's a medical subcommittee working with the doctors. And, and then you've got – I was the, the chair of the back-to-play to committee. So I'm meeting with coaches, and then I'm meeting with athletic directors. Try to get consensus with 14 football coaches. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I mean, it was – it was really hard. It was really hard. And then you're not playing. You see other leagues starting to play, and you're saying, whoa, mm -hmm. what's going on? Then we finally start piecing it together. And I can remember the first thing I asked the coaches. It was, it was a night meeting. What do we want? First thing they said, we want to make sure that 21 is back to normal. Right. Okay, so that doesn't sound like spring. You want to, you want to play in the mm -hmm. spring because if you play in the spring – they don't have the guys first of all they don't have enough time for the combine right they don't have enough time to recuperate their body recoup for the season so you you want to start earlier if you can uh you want to be able to uh, we even talked to the nfl i had meetings with the nfl about having our own combine just so and and, and then we had to have a, a, enough games where it was worthwhile for the players so all those things, you had to put all those things together. Then when you come up with dates, you got to work with TV. They want, you know, if you can get exclusivity, man, that's valuable. Right. And we're trying to recoup as much as we can on this. And it was TV and then and what would the other thing be? We would have to uh, and then work with your bowls, mm -hmm. see if you could play enough games to, to be involved in the CFP. Right. You know, so all those, you had to make all that fit. And that was not easy. It was one of those things where as much as you try to tell people that, look, this is going to be uneven. Not everybody's going to play the same amount of games. You, you're trying to push through and get a season, right? So the yeah. fact that things had to change on the fly, that's just the way it was in yeah. COVID world, right? You better be flexible. Yeah. You know, hang loose. You know, <laughs> you know be, be agile. You know, you, you've, you've got to be nimble during those times and make make changes just like we did. I felt it was important 
you know, we initially had a rule. You had so many games. You had to play so many games before you qualified for the championship. Well, I'm sitting there looking. Ohio State's not going to have – when Michigan calls their game off, their game's short. They're ranked in the – you know, they're, they're going to make the, the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, and so we got to throw that rule out the window. We're not <laughs> going to have anybody in the playoffs. And so now you got to get the athletic directors. You've got to talk to the league. The commissioner and I are visiting um, – then visit with the other athletic directors. Indiana's right there. You know, they're they're played they you know, they're gonna take their place in the championship game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took a lot of cooperation from a lot of people to get that all done and, and be flexible enough. You can change a rule that you made or a policy that you said earlier and change it within a couple of weeks. Can you look back at this now and think, you know, under the circumstances it's pretty damn good what you were able to well, get Well, what we were able to do, you know, if you had it all to do over again, you probably wouldn't have canceled when you did. You probably would have hung on a little longer like the other leagues. But that's, that's you know, that's second guessing. We made the decision from information we had from our doctors. And what they're telling us at that time, you, you had some heart issues that, that complications potentially that we had to deal with. And, and it, when we that decision to delay – was made it was all because of health and safety issues for players and and uh, coaches yeah that's the thing that's the the probably the frustrating part for us because you follow the science science changes because they're yeah. learning yeah. it's like you're trying to fly the plane while you're building it there's the best best comparison i heard with all of this but to go back and answer your question for us to play a season mm-hmm. some of us played in bowl got a chance to play in bowl games the ones that were that were played had a team in the cfp had a, a worthwhile season for, for our student-athletes. They were able to compete, be involved in the combine, and now they have enough rest to, to go for the next season. Yeah, I'd say that they're probably going to be ahead of the curve in dealing with stuff now moving yeah. forward, all of, those, all of those who went through it. We'll have more with Barry Alvarez in his own words after this quick break. The question hounding most folks thinking about or in retirement is, do I have enough? Annex Wealth Management asks, Do you have enough comprehensive planning? Your plan should consider far more than today's markets. Financial independence includes details like rising health care costs, tax planning, and how much risk you'd like to encounter. When you're ready for answers to tough questions, to take a serious look at where you are and where you're headed, let's talk. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Hi, I'm Sean Cleary. We design, engineer, and manufacture everything in-house so we can back up the promise to deliver the building of your dreams. Visit clearybuilding.com today. Mueller Sports Medicine was founded more than 60 years ago by former University of Wisconsin basketball player turned registered pharmacist Kurt Mueller, who coined the term sports medicine. Mueller has been developing better braces, supports, and tapes to protect athletes from injury and keep you active in the game of life. Mueller Sports Medicine products can be found in training rooms across the world with a presence in more than 100 countries. It's also expanded into the overall health and wellness segment for all audiences. If you're active and looking for the right brace, support, or tape to perform at your best, Mueller Sports Medicine is the right brand for you. Look for Mueller Sports Medicine products in Walmart and Walgreens stores and online at Amazon and MuellerSportsMed.com. We continue with our final installment of Barry Alvarez in his own words. Our trip down memory lane is uh, this podcast, uh, Reflections on 
just the, the world of college athletics in general. And a reminder, we will have more podcasts coming up as we get you closer to the college football season because the stories never end, obviously, in, 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 particularly now in, in the changing world. I, you know, Barry, I think people have always thought that things evolve very slowly in the world of college athletics, but that's not the case now. Things are changing. Uh, the transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, the thought of an expanded playoff from four yeah. to perhaps as many as 12. Well, no, no particular order here, but I can, like from a, from my seat, more the fan, the consumer, I always thought it would go from four to eight. <laughs> but four to I was 12 thinking is, that. Yeah. I, right. I, that's, that's what I was thinking. And then I got word that momentum was gathering for 12. Kind of surprised me. But the more I think about it, the more I like it. I like the uh, the access it provides for for more teams. You can get your your champions in of the Power Five leagues and Group of Five uh, now is going to be included, which they should. I worry a little bit about the number of games for a couple of the teams that you know could play up to 17 games. But you know, as a coach, first of all, players want to play. And as a coach, you know, if you're a team that has a chance to, to go through that, you adjust your practices accordingly. So you can make that work. Some of the, you know, you look at Division Two when they're in, in the playoffs, that's probably what they're doing. That's mm-hmm. probably about as many games as their champion plays. Uh, I worry about the bowl games. I wor- not so much the bowl games because I think you involve the bowls in, um, in the playoffs. But what I do worry about is the bowl experience for the players. You know, our, our bowl game last year was just a game. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to Charlotte and we played. We were there a day, played a game, and came home. Right. That's not a bowl experience. Just swag from a bowl is not a bowl experience. It was good because it gave us a chance to play another game. But now, if you get back to normal and full stadiums, you'd want the guys to experience a Miami or the Rose Bowl, L.A. or, or, or Southern California. New Orleans, you you want them to experience or have a bowl experience. I don't know if you can do that the way it's set up. And it, it, it threatens the Rose Bowl itself because the Rose Bowl has a set time and date, has its own network. And so how do you work that? And can you keep the same type of deal that they have now? I, I don't know. So those are a couple of things I worry about, but I think they can all be worked out. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the campus sites for, for uh, the rounds, right? Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I, you know, f- as long as I remember bowl games, you know, it's Nebraska going to Florida to play a Florida team, mm-hmm. you know, or or the Big Ten going west to play a California team, <laughs> you know. So they had home field advantage. Now let's bring one of those Southern teams up here <laughs> to play in December. Now, let me, th- you know, what I think about when I think about those warm weather states playing in the cold, I think of the Riolas. Oh, yeah. And the Not reason I think Ryola. of that, their yep. dad it was so forward-thinking, living in Hawaii, knew his boys would be pro football players, so he sent them to cold-weather states uh-huh. to play. Yep. So Dominic goes to Nebraska. Donovan comes here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Donovan's co- – I think uh, Donovan now is a coach, I think, in the NFL. Okay. Okay. In, in the NFL, so he had thought about that. But let's let him let's let them see what it's like up here when it's chilly. Well, you know, when you go to the pros, you may have to play in Green Bay in a playoff game or something, or Chicago. That's right. 
Yep. I've always, I've always thought, I heard somebody say it the other day, I'd love to see the Florida Gators come up to Camp Randall on <laughs> December 15th. Yeah. You know, yeah. it might be 40 if you're lucky. It might be Maybe. 10. Yeah. <laughs> and, it might, and it might be. Might have a blizzard. We could. We could. So, you know, that, it's, it's very, it's an intriguing thought. Um, Chris McIntosh now, um, the, the new director of athletics, which is a pretty cool thing, uh, cool words to be able to say because we remember Chris as a great, great offensive right. lineman. Um, the challenge is ahead for him. There's name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal. Now, um, moving forward for Chris and all the coaches. Yeah. That, that name, image, and likeness. Um, you know, I've always been in favor of anything we can do to help our student-athletes. And, you know, we have fallen way behind or had fallen way behind um, with with what we've done for, for the student-athletes as compared to the coaches. You know, I, I keep thinking, I use this story all the time. Back in the mid to late 60s uh, at Nebraska, as a student-athlete, you got room, board, board, book, tuition fees just like you do now. But you got 15 a month. Now with, uh, you know, with inflation, that $15 is substantial you know that that's probably i don't know 250 350 dollars a month uh in today's today's money that's something we got um we had we got hard tickets then so you you were handed tickets and you got one you got uh you could buy four you got one for every letter and uh, i think so as a senior you could have as many as eight tickets if i remember right there's either six or eight dollars face and, you know, if you were fortunate enough, your parents would come to the game. But if they didn't, you know, my, my parents could come one time a year to Nebraska from Pennsylvania. I, I had eight tickets to sell. You know, you know back then, I, I was, we were getting $50 a ticket. That's my spending money, you know. So, and we had show passes. That was really important, show pass, <laughs> free for two. You know, you get uh, two people in on, on the show pass. So, you look. Up until we went full cost of attendance, you know, coaches' salaries go from and, and the coaches there. Devaney was making less than fifty thousand. Assistants were twelve, and then the twelve thousand uh, that the Nebraska coaches were making. That's the highest. They were the highest paid assistants in the country. And then you take the fact of what we were getting then, and then up until a few years ago, players got less, and the coaches went to multi-million dollar contracts. So it just didn't. They didn't keep what we did for the student athletes didn't keep pace. Now you have that in the transfer portal where they're the first time an athlete goes from one school to another. As long as you're academically qualified, um, you can you can play right away. I would think with any change like that, there could be some unintended consequences. There, there are, are. Um, you know, and and. You just have to change. You know, you can sit around and you can complain about it, not like it, but it's a rule. That's that's You have to, again, embrace change, figure out a way. And what I've done, and I believe this, I said this in a Big Ten meeting. This is when we were just voting on it initially. I said, listen, I put the onus on the coaches. You recruit these guys. You know what type of person they are, what kind of household they come from. Do they have helicopter parents? Are their parents overly protective? What kind of relationship do you build with your student athletes? To me, that's that's the important thing. You know, you you it's your job to build a relationship as a coach that 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 player wants to play for you. I know if I had a player that wasn't happy, 
in our situation, want to go someplace else, go. I don't want you around if you're not happy. Right. That's that's our job as coaches. That's the way I always looked at it. Yeah. No. It it uh, it's a it's the great approach to have. Right. I mean, that's just because you you could complain about it, yeah. but what's the that? rules what are good, made? What good is that going to yeah. do you? So be a good tester moving forward it, for every coach in America. It, right? well, How you handle it? You know what, Matt? I heard I heard a basketball coach. I can't remember who it was. Um, on on radio the other day as I was driving home, he said, "I'm changing how I recruit." Mm-hmm. You know, instead of trying to look at high school film, try to evaluate the competition, I can look at college film. And I know the competition. And if a kid's in the portal, I'll go look at his his tapes. That's all I'm going to recruit now. Yeah. So you're really going to hurt your seniors in high school coming out. Yep, there's one of the unintended consequences. It's going to be very very interesting, big, big challenges moving ahead um this is uh we title this reflections and i want to circle back in our remaining minutes here because i know you have taken enormous pride in what so many of your players have gone on to to do either in the nfl or or out of football in business i know in one of our episodes talk about chris Godorzi, a guy that comes to mind right away but you've always said you're in this for them and that's got to be of all all the wins, which are great. Yep. Everything, it comes down to to, to yep. what they've done post their time yep. at that, University of Wisconsin. That's that's what this is all about. I was fortunate to have outstanding coaches from the time I started competing in little league baseball, midget football, elementary basketball. I had good coaches. I really did, and and good high school coaches and great college coaches, and those are people that that. I, I really admired and, and I wanted to do that same thing. So when I see, uh, you know, my former athletes having success or I get a call or, or I get a text or I uh, they tell me and, and just, you know, since I announced my retirement, I've heard more and more of it, you know, that I've affected somebody's life. Uh, they've learned some values. They've learned some things and, and they keep reflecting on things we talked about whether it's raising their kids or in their business you know I had one you know I give an example I love this one uh, Bafico Steve Bafico he, he writes me a long letter we're in camp and he says coach I just got promoted I'm on Wall Street I just got my first team I'm walking I've got a 12 member team I'm walking into my first meeting what the hell am I going to say? <laughs> I'm trying to think, what am I going to say to him? And I came up with the seven areas. You used to talk about the seven areas and how you win. And I, I built my seven areas about finance. And that's, that's what I'm going to talk about, that's you know. Awesome. And I learned, I, he said, I thought about two-a-days and us talking about all those things during two-a-days. <laughs> you know, so uh, that, that's an example. But you hear it more and more, and, and I have especially the last few weeks, and it means so much to me, and that's, that's why you get into it. You've affected somebody's life, and it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, that, that's an awesome story. I, I hope it's not like you're, you're going away and be a stranger because I think, you, you know, you – you don't strike me as a type who just sits around all day, although maybe you can relax a little bit more. But I would hope that you can exhale, raise a glass at what's transpired here from the day you walked in here, January 2nd, 1990, um, to what it has become and what is 
ahead moving forward for, yeah. for this program too. Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to reflect and I'll, uh, I'll enjoy it. And I'll always find one of my former coaches or former players to, or former broadcaster to, to sit down with me and, and uh, touch a glass and enjoy life a little bit, reminisce a little bit. Yeah, we'll always be able to do that. Absolutely. Let's tease what's ahead, too, because we're going to continue the, the podcast. This is this has been a memory lane these last six, but we're going to we're going to crank this thing up as we get closer to the football season. And um, because there's going to be a lot to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. It's not like the, the college world stops. In fact, it's moving maybe at a faster pace than ever. So we'll have a lot of material, I think, moving forward. Yeah, it'll be exciting. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to – you know, I've got you and I have visited about some of the guests that we want to have. We'd like to have a, a guest every week and, and and get their ideas. These are some people that have been involved in uh, in athletics in some way, whether it be former coaches or someone that was on the committee with me or a former administrator or current administrator, current coaches. Um, we'll have some fun with the, with the people we bring on. And I, I think might have a pretty good football team here to watch. We'll find we'll see. Yeah, this, I'm, this I'm excited about our team. Um, you know, I've been watching them down, down on the field working out. It's a good-looking team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always start with the lines. And that offensive line, I think, you know, we've been bringing – we've been stacking them up. We've got about three deep in there right now. Yeah. So, I, I like where we're starting there. I love our tight end. He's not too bad. The Ferguson guy, he's got a chance to be pretty good, I think. So, he's uh, – As I uh, said, well, I tell you, in my box, he's open every play. <laughs> That's right. Get him the ball, Graham. <laughs> Feed him the ball. Uh, this, is, this has been a lot of fun. Congratulations on just an incredible career, coach, athletic director. But we look forward to, uh, to continuing the series here because there's going to be a lot – a lot of ground to cover in, yep. in the months ahead. Yeah, we got a lot to visit about, and this is this has been fun to reflect and and uh, relive some of these memories. They've been good ones. It's yeah. been a hell of a run. It sure has. That is Barry Alvarez in his own words. Wheels up! Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. With over 35 years' history of developing and managing exceptional residential communities throughout southeastern Wisconsin and beyond. Our commitment to exceeding our residents' needs and expectations in everything we do is more than just a guarantee. It is the fiduciary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Incorporated, where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. At Clary, our foundation is built on two simple facts, great people and the highest quality product in the market. To join the Clary team, visit careersatclary.com. Everybody's got a goal, and everybody's got something standing in their way. To achieve that goal, you've got to put in the work. Grit your teeth, sweat, reach, grind, push. No shortcuts, no quick fixes, no answers in a book. There's no way around it. Under Armour, the only way is through. Special thanks again to our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp. We protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. 
Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour. The only way is through. Thanks to our production team, audio engineer Dave McCann and our editor, Mallory Pilon. A reminder that you can hear this entire series now. It's available from iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Matt LePay, and we thank you for listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words. A production of iHeartRadio.